0: Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what is Mike Time? Mike Time is a set of short stories that have happened throughout my lifetime, experiences of mine throughout my lifetime, that have taught me lessons that I hope will be of value to you. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, deliver advice that sharpens your focus, as well as providing expert information regarding real estate, finance, and market conditions. Natasha, (laughs) Mike. thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate you. Um, I just told you a minute ago before we started this that the first time you and I met and had an opportunity to kind of sit and talk was one of the coolest experiences ever. I walked out of that restaurant walking on air and I know it wasn't the coffee. (laughs) So I was super excited to know that you were going to be one of my first guests on our, on our podcast. So welcome to the Michael Litton Experience. Thank you for
1: having me. So, Thank you for saying that. that yeah, saved so, my day.
0: So as we talked about earlier, our passion, everybody has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. Okay. So in staying in line with that, what I'd like to do, if you're okay with it, is start with your life story. We're going to come up to today, and then we're going to talk about what's happening right now, you know, in escrow and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and anything you want to talk about, right, that's current, okay? coming into the future, that kind of thing. Um, so let's start off with where were you born?
1: I was born in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: <laughs> that's a warm place right now. That's a warm place. I don't
1: live there anymore. But I was born in Phoenix, Arizona. My parents met in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and... They had my sister first, so I have an older sister and a younger brother, but my sister was born two years before I was, and then I was born. And when I was two, my parents, they both loved horses. They wanted us to grow up, not in the city, you know, we were like right in the city when we were kids and my parents just wanted something better for us. So they had, they dreamt of a ranch. And so somebody my dad was working, my dad worked for Cisco at the time, the food company. Uh and. I don't know if it was his boss or somebody that he was working with, but said, you know, we've got this great opportunity in this small town in Southern Oregon, Cave Junction. Um, And so my parents literally packed us all up. My Nana from England came over to help my parents move in our station wagon. Um, And we moved, we like upped and and moved to Oregon. Well, when we get there, um, there was no job. So my parents get there with nothing. And we had bought land, We, my parents bought 32 acres. So I grew up on a ranch, not okay. like a ranch where like there's cows, and, but we had, it was all fun, right? We had horses, we had dogs, we had cats, we had geese, we had a llama at one point. Like we just had, wow. we had a lot of animals, ducks. Like a zoo. Like a zoo. That's <laughs> awesome, I love it. never thought about we it. We had that, our own yeah. thing zoo,
0: right
1: there. <laughs> um, so they had bought this land and, um, 32 acres and we had no money. So mm-hmm. my, the, the start of my parents and our move to Oregon, like we were on welfare mm-hmm. and my parents were too proud for that. Not that they were too proud because obviously they needed help, but we're like, we need to do whatever we need to do to, to get off this welfare. Right. So my parents started, uh, they set up like, um, like little stands like mm-hmm. on the corners and would sell cowboy hats and um with sunglasses and just like tchotchke things you know buckles belt buckles and that sort of thing so that's how my parents like you know started and then we got off welfare and i don't know how because i was too young at the time but i don't know how they got maybe we started selling at fairs because my parents career um, when we were in oregon where they had concession stands and we would travel to um you know all of the county fairs mm-hmm. throughout Oregon mm-hmm. and Northern California and then it just grew so we started with the with the belt buckles and the hats and the sunglasses and then my parents saw how much the concession stands were making and so I remember we were at some flea market once in like Weed, California I don't know if you've ever heard of that mm-hmm. it's like a time it's five Mount Shasta and there was some guy there making curly fries with like a hand you know rake or whatever yeah. and and the lines were so long my parents like we need to get we need to sell curly fries so we got into the curly fry business and then we sold sausages and corn dogs and that sort of stuff so that's how my parents started you know their career in Oregon
0: so I love all of these things (laughs) sunglasses hats belt buckles that all works for me right now we're talking about Curly fries. So, curly fries and sausages and corn, corn dogs. dogs. I mean, all of those are at the top of my list. They're so good. My doctor doesn't like the fact that they're at the top of my list because my cholesterol is too yeah. high. But other than that, yeah. right? That's awesome. Yeah, I love that's it.
1: cool. And so it kind so of. So you did a lot of traveling. So we did a lot of traveling. Okay. Um, And then, uh, it, you know, it, it, I I feel like I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't own my own company, but I, I kind of being in my job I have now, I, I create my own business. Oh, you sure. know what I mean? Um, and so I, I, have always just had the high work ethic, you know, my parents, we, they couldn't pay employees, so they would pay us, right. you know, pay us. Mm-hmm. But I remember we were at a fair in Mount Shasta and I would stand on the milk carton and I would be pouring sodas for people and taking their money. And here's, I was probably, I remember being probably in like second or third grade, maybe okay. even third or fourth, but here I am counting back money, you know, five is 10, 10 is 20, 20, is 50, like, you know what right. I mean? And people are like looking at us kids being like, holy shit. Um,
0: That's an amazing. But, way to yeah, go! Yeah,
1: it is. You know what? It, it, um, you know, my parents couldn't really—not that they couldn't afford to buy a school clothes, like, but like I bought my school clothes. Yeah. But like I bought it with the money that my parents paid me with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they they instilled this entrepreneurship with all of me and my siblings. And the value you know? of money. The worked. value of money, and like That's I remember awesome. when I was a kid, like all my, fr- you know, because a lot of the fairs are d- during the summertime, sure. so it's like a lot of my friends. You know would get to go to the river mm-hmm. and get to do all these things and didn't you know and uh, me and my siblings were working for my parents yeah. you know and at the time it was you know you're like oh i just want to swim in the river i just want to be with my friends at summertime and but it really did um i think it helped shape who i am today yeah. um and so you know fast forward when i'm getting ready to go my parents are like no you guys are going to college like this is you're going to college it's not, it's, so not negotiable. it's not negotiable like it was something they really wanted for us. And yeah. it wasn't like it was a non-negotiable, but it was like, that was what they inspired for us. You know, they wanted something more. So, but they couldn't afford to send us to college. Right. So they bought us a business. So they bought a business for $3,000. It was called The Candy Kitchen. We renamed it Applestippity. Cool. And my, my brother's a little bit, my brother's about five years younger. My sister and I are closer in age. So her and I would do it together. My brother was too young at the time. But so we sold caramel apples, we sold um, cotton candy, frozen oh. bananas, ice cream. And we is had this at the f- fair? This is at the fair. Okay. So we had that. We called it Apple's Dippity because we had this machine where you'd stick the apple in uh-huh. and then you pull the lever down and it's, you know, decors it and splits it. And then yep. you pour caramel in a thing, you know. it's So anyway, we named it Apple's Dippity. But so then my sister and I, we would travel all over to, you know, all over Southern Oregon. Um, You know northern california and we would do festivals fairs um and so that's That's how i paid um so that's how i paid my way through school yeah and my sister so um where'd you go to school i went to school at arizona state you're a sun so i'm a sun devil my goodness yeah So it's funny, um, you know, being born in Phoenix, and I—I I think we'd gone back a couple times when when we were kids. But for some reason, I always wanted to go to Arizona State. It's the only school I wanted to go to. I don't know why. I don't remember why. But I also remember being the only school I applied to. Really? And, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I remember being it's like, like burning I, the ships. I know. That? Like,
0: That's
1: crazy. So I remember, like, I did early enrollment, and I remember, like, it was in January, and um, i was sort of thinking, like, oh shit, like. That's the only school
0: I applied to. What if they say no?
1: What if they say no? <laughs> it's so random. Like I, I just I knew I was going. Yeah. It was like not it wasn't an option. Like that's where I was going. Um and this I ended this up like surprised a week later. me, by <laughs> the way. Knowing
0: you, you're like Mrs. Determined. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I then I set it. my mind to something. Absolutely. I it. Yeah. So
1: um yeah, so anyway, I like a week later I think I got into school and I was so excited. Um and I and maybe it had to do with like my mom always had a love. For Arizona. She had a love for the desert. Um, you know, my mom worked at the Camelback Inn. She was actually really good friends with John Marriott, like mm-hmm. Mr.
0: Marriott. JW mm-hmm. Marriott. JW Marriott.
1: And fast forward a little bit. We, I, we were there a couple years ago. My mom, there's a picture of him and my mom on the wall at the Camelback Inn. They used oh, to ride oh, horses cool. together. They used to do a lot of, she she ran, the, it was called Hopalong College. Yeah. It was like, uh, like the daycare, yeah. you know? Um, so her and Mr. Marriott became really good friends, and they used to ride horses in the desert together. Wow. But, so th- it was so cool to see the picture of my That's mom awesome. on the wall with Mr. Marriott. Yeah. I love that. So I don't, like I said, I don't know if I've love for Arizona and my parents meeting there. I don't know if that was maybe a driver for me. I also grew up in Southern Oregon where it rained all the time. Um, so it doesn't do that was. in Phoenix. It does. Well, you know what? No. But they have like monsoons. Yeah, they do. In fact, they, they just monsters. had Hillary, right?
0: <laughs> they just had... At least somebody got Hillary because
1: we didn't. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I wasn't he here
0: came for up her but, here and took a ride. Right, yeah, right. We were in Northern California yeah. taking, like I told you, we were taking yeah. Michael back to to back to, to work. Yeah. Um, we missed all of Hillary. Yeah. When we were leaving, it was sprinkling a little yeah. bit on the way up, but Nothing. we missed all the br- brunt of it. And
1: we did too. We were actually um, my my steps and my boyfriend's uh, youngest son is going to Alabama. Yeah. And so we literally missed it too. We were in Alabama. Uh, Friday we to Wednesday we were in Tuscaloosa. in Tuscaloosa. We actually bought a house across the river. We're Airbnb. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations um, on that. Thank program. you. Thank you. Cool. Um, yeah, so then I went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so funny I just shared this this conversation with Carter, Darren's youngest, because we just took him to school and like this I I got so much out of going to college. Like you know, yes, the education, but I think more so than anything, my friends that I met there, mm-hmm. the experience that I got there. I wouldn't be where I am today without that journey that I was on, and Mm. so my my experience was amazing. And so I always share with Carter, like you're gonna, because I'm so proud of him for going away. You know, like you're just gonna have the best time, and college is gonna be great, and I'm so proud of you for going away. And it's funny when we went for orientation, they were saying, "Don't stop telling them that this is gonna be the best experience of their life. Stop telling them like you know like these are the best days of their life because will it probably be? Yeah, we hope so, but. Some kids struggle and some kids get house, you know, homesick, and it's not easy. So mm-hmm. stop putting that in their head. And it's so funny because I, I felt awful when we were moving them in. I just shared with them. I was like, listen, like, I know I keep saying this, I said, but I want you to know I was homesick, and I was. My first two weeks, my parents were in the fair business, right? So when I went to Arizona, it was like middle of August. So that's prime fair season for my parents. So mm-hmm. literally they put me on a plane with my two suitcases, and I flew to Arizona State by myself. Mm-hmm. I, my mom's best friend lived there, so they picked me up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I did have some help, but and I was homesick. Yeah. And all of my, I was the only kid that went away. All of my friends went to U of O or Oregon State, and so I wanted to go home. Like, like a fish I want to go, yes. Like a fish out of water. And I grew up in this tiny town. I had eighty-one kids in my graduation, my graduating class where I grew up. So okay. I had the same friends from kindergarten to high school.
0: So everything was really close knit. You had a really good yeah. support system, all that kind of thing, and then you pluck yourself mm-hmm. out of that. And you pop yourself somewhere where you don't know anybody. Nobody. That's homesick 101, right? Yeah, I know.
1: Right? And yeah. it wasn't. I forgot that. Yeah. I for, because I did have a great experience. Because I did meet the best friends of my life. Because, yeah. you know, I did all these things. But you forget mm-hmm. that I did feel all those things. And I did. I remember talking to my mom. be like, I want to come home. Yeah. I, w- I don't want to go here. I want to go to Oregon State. All mm-hmm. my friends are going to Oregon. You know, and she was like, no, you don't. It's been your dream. You need to do this. You know, and um, I stuck through and it ended up being like the best, you know, the best. But um it's just like reliving that with you know Carter mm-hmm. going back and that sort of thing. But
0: um, it's hard, you do relive it, it. I mean, I I had the a similar experience when we took Michael to, to Nebraska, he's our oldest. We dropped him off at Nebraska. And up until that moment that we walked away from him, you would ask him a question and his mother would answer. Yeah. I mean, these, these apron yeah. strings, let's yeah. be honest, pardon me for saying this, were really tight, yeah. okay? And I, we drove away from there, and I literally, in the back of my mind, thought, he's coming home. Yeah, He, he yeah. won't make it 30 days. You know, I told him, I said, listen, I know you're gonna get homesick. I'm here for you. Yeah. Your mother's here for you. We can come back here if you need us to come back. We can get on a plane in two seconds and, and get to you. So if you need us, if you miss us that bad, we can be back.
1: You okay. Never got that call. Never got
0: that call. <laughs> well, we did get calls. We yeah. did get calls where he sounded homesick. Yeah. Right? Well he was. But he knew that he had us yeah. at at hello, yeah. right? We literally, if he needed us, we were yeah. we were gonna be there. Yeah. Um and, and I also made an extra effort to kind of try to talk to him as much as I possibly could. So like I every little bit I'd call him, like not every day, but maybe every other day, yeah. you know? Um and Michael, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised that he took to it the way he did. You know, I think a big part of that was his roommate. His first roommate that he had in the dorms was a kid from Nebraska who literally lived right up the right up the street, his or right up the road. His family was a legacy in Nebraska. His uncles had gone there, his parents had gone there, his right. So he had this history there was stability there and they took him in like one of their own and the state of Nebraska took my son in like one of their own I mean everywhere he went they tried to feed him yeah not that he wasn't you know I mean he was skinny when he got when he got there so he looked hungry right but they tried to feed him everywhere he went they just loved on him yeah and I think that was a big part of it you know I really do um, but I was thoroughly surprised that, yeah. that he, didn't, that that he cool. didn't end up coming home. And,
1: and same with Carter. Like he, I mean, he's only been there a week, but, um, he's fine. <laughs> and Alabama's an amazing place. Oh my God. If I could do it over again, I was telling some girlfriends, I'll say, I would go to the University of Alabama. Yeah. If I had an opportunity, if I was 18 again, I would do it. Well, there's just some seeing... states,
0: there's some states where everybody's just loving. Yeah. Alabama happens to be one yes. of them. Nebraska, by the way, happens to be one I of them. I agree. There's more head of yeah. cattle in the state of Nebraska than there are people. Go every on. time they have a football game in that stadium oh, you know, it's the it's sold out since 1962 or some crazy thing every year it's like a, it's like a record NCAA record it's the third largest city in Nebraska when they have a football game there no joke i mean it's crazy but it's it's sweet you know the people there are so sweet they are just saltily hurt. Yes,
1: they are. They are. We walk down the street and, you know, well, it's funny, before Carter went, we would have, you know, I've got the shirts, I've got mm-hmm. the hat, and we were in Park City in, in March, and we had our hat on, and uh, I think Alabama was playing, that sure, but we were sitting next to a girl, and she's like, did you go to Alabama? Mm-hmm. Like, no, our, our son is going this year, and she's like, oh my God, isn't that the best time, and roll tide, and mm-hmm. every, we have a neighbor that lives up the street, mm-hmm. Darren had his uh, Alabama flag out. Mm-hmm. They were walking down the street, saw the flag, knocked on his door. He was like, did you go to Alabama? We went to Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the camaraderie and like, so I-, I, I It's I, a network. It is a network. And I kind of compare it a little bit to USC because mm-hmm. I feel like USC is that way with mm-hmm. their network of um, the alma mater and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, or not alma mater, but their alumni. Well, alumni, um, so And I, I do think the network for him is gonna be huge at Alabama. And like I said, going back to the, the people are just great. We're actually going out for the Tennessee game in a couple weeks. Or, that's no, month, in October. But, and and I was telling you, like, you have no idea what yeah. you're getting in for. That's it. one of the smartest
0: no things you've ever done, I promise you, is buying that place yeah. and rehabbing the place. You've got somewhere. You've got reason to go back there in addition to him. Yeah. You get to go do that, swing by, say hi. He gets to see you more yeah. because of it. Okay? Going back for the football games, all that kind of – all that's important. Yeah. All that's a big, big part of it. Because if he knows you're coming and he knows you're going to be here in a week or you're going to be here in two weeks or whatever, it's a different feeling. I know. Right? It's a good feeling. But I remember those. Judge opposed that to where yeah, you were. Totally. You were out in the middle of the desert, and your whole support system, family, everything—they yeah. were off at the fairs. They were busy. They were doing their thing. It was their hot time of the season yeah. or the year, right? You know, that's a big. That's a big. Di- there's it a big is. difference there. It is. So but I remember so excited for my
1: parents would come. You know, you, 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 I, I loved, I loved it. When my parents, went home. and I loved when I went home. But then I got to the point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to go back. Yeah. You know, so that's so cool. Yeah, a I great know. story. I love that. I know. So
0: Arizona State. Yep. What did you major in? Um,
1: I majored in family studies and child development. Really?
0: Because I majored in beer drinking. No, <laughs> well, that too. Okay. Um,
1: so I actually initially I wanted to be a child life specialist. Gotcha. So. Um, I volunteered at the Phoenix Children's Hospital mm-hmm. and, um, I wanted to, it was kind of like a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, for kids that are sick. Like, so, you know, where do things hurt and how are you feeling? You know what I mean? And you'd go in, you play with that, like mm-hmm. play with dolls or you play wh- whatever. And you kind of, you know, bond with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I volunteered for probably about six months. Um, and I, it was rewarding. It was sad though, cause a lot of kids had passed away in my time there, you know, um, but that was what I wanted to do. Um, why? And why
0: did you want to do that?
1: So, you know, I don't. I always loved kids. Um, I used to babysit when I, you know, was at home. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to school, um, I not my first year, but my second year, because I didn't have a car. My second year, I got a job working for this like. Um, her name was Gail. and she ran this like nanny business. Mm-hmm. And so, what, what? Like people would come from out of town, or people would need a babysitter, mm-hmm. and they would call Gail. And then she would call her different babysitters that she had and said, okay, somebody needs you, you know, four to eight on Tuesday. Can you do it? Yes. You know, she ran a were, <laughs> exactly. I, love it. I love exactly. And so I was around a lot of kids. And so, um, I, I love kids. So I think that was probably why I wanted to help people make a difference. Um, but so yeah, that's, so I, I, did that nannying job. And then I ended up, um, meeting this one family as my sophomore year and Gail had sent me to their home mm-hmm. and I just, clicks with them and when I first started babysitting for them uh Sophie was six I'm oh, sorry Sophie was eight Emma was six and Luke was four I think or something around those ages mm-hmm. um and so I just connected with her I connect with her husband I connected with the kids I loved the kids and it, you know after a while we're like we don't need Gail anymore like let's just do this on our own you know so um I I babysat for them for the rest of the year. And um, she was going, the mom was going to, Juliana was going to school. So I would pick the kids up from school Mm -hmm. and I would take them home, I'd pick them dinner. um, Jim, the husband, he would be working late or then he had hockey. So I, and it was the perfect job for me for school because I got to do my homework when the kids went to bed. Or when the kids were doing their homework, I was doing my homework. You know what I mean? And I got to be in a beautiful home, and it was, you know, it was really nice. It was perfect. It was perfect. And uh, they became very good friends of mine, um, like family. Mm -hmm. They still are. Um, When I graduated, Jim was um, opening his own mortgage company. And he had worked for her his father-in-law, Julian and his dad for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he wanted to do his own thing. So he, start, he started his own company, Hamilton Mortgage, the year I left for college, or I'm sorry, the year I graduated college. Right. So um, I moved to England for the summer, or for the year my parents were going through a divorce. My parents had been getting divorced. And mm-hmm. so um, I'd gone home for the summer to work and save money. Um, but I was like, I, my parents are driving me nuts, you know? And so I was like, I, I was going backpacking with my girlfriends, from, from, two of my girlfriends from school. And while i was over there my aunt and uncle my, my mom's british so my aunt and uncle um i we stayed with them in england and they were like what are you gonna do now i'm like i don't know i don't want to go home and they were like why don't you live here you can live here rent free the only thing we ask is that you take us out to dinner once a month so i was like wow okay wow yeah that works." yeah so i went home that uh it was november we finished our trip i went home and i worked for a month and a half i got my work visa um, and then I ended up going um, back to England, and I worked in England for a year. Wow. Um, what was that like? It was awesome. It was awesome, and I traveled so. Well, I traveled with my girlfriends before, but then being in London, you're so close. Like we'd go to Paris, we'd go to Amsterdam, we'd go to Scotland. We would. You're go, sort of
0: in the in the oh, gateway to true. Europe. and it's hop on those
1: the easy jet, uh-huh. or um, and my uncle had bought a yacht uh, while I was there, so um, I we, we flew down to Nice. His his boat was in Nice. And so he took me and four friends and we sailed around Corsica mm-hmm. for ten days. Um, so I just Black, did a lot of travel. I went to Greece. And I worked And I worked in Covent Garden. Fresh out college. Right? Oh, I worked in Covent Garden um, for this oil company and I was just a receptionist and um, I would take the train or the bus into the city every every day. And I remember I used to take the most of the time I took the bus, unless I missed the bus and I have to get on the train, but I, this girl and I, everybody was older on this bus that we would take into to London because we were outside London about 20 minutes and you know, her and I would just read our books or we'd do whatever. And we were both the youngest on the bus and one day we just started talking and she ended up being my best friend while I was there, um, who now she married my cousin oh, and they wow. have two kids. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. everything kind of, you know, it works out the way it should be, yeah. but or the way it should. Um, but London was awesome. I It's my favorite city. We're actually going back. I'm going to Europe for two weeks next week. Yeah, I yeah. know. Um, and London is... We actually week. worked all this around your yeah, schedule. We did. Your schedule. Your we did. Schedule. Yeah. So we're going to London. And Alabama. We're working Alabama. around Alabama's Alabama schedule, too. It's kind of been a whirlwind the last couple weeks. weeks.
0: Um, yeah, we're going to London. I appreciate London. you making time for us. Yeah, so. of course. Of
1: course. Of course. Um, So anyway, when I moved, I would kept in touch with the Liddens uh, is their name. And um I ended up moving to San Diego after mm-hmm. my London experience. And we just kept in touch. And... Um, they would have me come out and stay with the kids and they'd go travel. And the last time I came out, um, Jimmy was like, I want you to come work for me. He's like, I just opened, I just started a wholesale division of my mortgage company. Mm-hmm. I've got one guy, um, he's killing it, you know, he kind of sharing with me like what he did and you know, he was making way more money than I was at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh wow. I was working at Ernst & Young as a as an assistant to a couple of the partners, which was a great job, and I learned a lot there, too, and met some great connections, but wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up moving to Phoenix, back to Phoenix.
0: What originally brought you to San Diego? Um, so so when I was leaving, from I went from to San London San to
1: San Diego. So my um, my visa ran out, okay. and um, one of my girlfriends from college, mm-hmm. um, she was back home, and she was like, I got to get out of here. She's like and her brother was in um, Laguna Beach, and she's mm. like, do you want to move to San Diego? I was like, hell yeah. So I came home, worked for a little bit, saved some money, and then her and I moved, um, and then another one of our girlfriends came out, so. So from Oregon from, to San Diego. Yeah, I, was, I went home to Oregon for like a month, mm-hmm. saved my money, buy a car, and then we moved to San Diego. So then I was I was here in San Diego for three years, and that was when I moved back, then I moved back to Phoenix. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jamie was like, I, I think you'd be good at this. You know, you're good with people, it's a relationship business. Um, so I did it. Mm-hmm. I moved back to Phoenix. Uh, it was the best thing I ever did about it. He's what he, because of him and their belief in me, I am where I am today. I mean, mm-hmm. I basically, what I do for us right now is what I did for the wholesale mortgage company. And I, I was good at it. I'm good at um, connecting with people, mm-hmm. building relationships. I always call them partnerships. I don't even call them relationships because it, it is a partnership,
0: you it know?
1: Is. Um, yeah. So I know yeah. how good you are at it. Oh,
0: thank I'm, you. I'm living proof of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was one of the coolest times ever that you and I spent together. And it was our first time. Yeah. We'd I never met. we never met. I
1: don't even think we talked on the phone. I, I, we, talked, we talked Maybe to, did. we texted. Oh, with Hey Juan. We did the assessment yeah. on my day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's it was just, like, yeah. it was like, you know, let's get together and sit down. Okay. And it was amazing. Absolute I think it
1: was like amazing. a two hour lunch.
0: Yeah. Well, it was. And I walked <laughs> out of there like on air. I mean, it's, it's hard to explain how good you are. So, so you go to work for him, for mm-hmm. your, for your, for your uncle. No, no uh, sorry, Jim. Jim. Right, so you go to work for Jim and Hamilton Mortgage. Hamilton Mortgage. Right, and you're in wholesale. Wholesale. In Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And then um, the mortgage industry crashed. Yeah, I was I, doing really well. I mean, I, I took off, I made some great friends, made great connections. I loved it. And I then wholesale deals to. You
0: Hamilton. do? Yeah. I you what? I, I oh, to, you did? I used to wholesale deals to Hamilton. Oh, interesting. They were one of my lenders.
1: Oh, interesting. Before the crash? Yeah. That's crazy. It's a small world. Yeah, it's a small world. That's, That's so funny. It's crazy.
0: So. Um,
1: yeah, so that, you know, it's funny because I, I had always wanted to come back to San Diego. Mm-hmm. I'd been in Phoenix at that point for probably four years mm-hmm. and I missed San Diego. I loved it. And so I went to Jimmy and I was like, hey, I want to move back to San Diego, but I, I, have a gr- I had a really good book of business in Phoenix. So I'm like, sure. I want to keep my book here. Um, I bought a house, you know, whatever. And I was like, I want to start building it in San Diego. I want to move this out to California. So I moved out to here, moved out to San Diego, and I was here part time. So I had a, brought a car out here. I was here three days a week, there two days a week, kind of going back and forth. And I did that for probably three months. Um, and I remember my sales manager at the time, they kind of put a lot of pressure on me, like, "What are your numbers gonna be out there? What is going on? What's going on?" And I'm like, "I'm just getting here." Like, I, you know, it took me. A, it takes a year when you're starting, you know. Sure. Um, and then two weeks later, um, I got a call to come in and. They were like, we are closing our doors. I had I had, had the best month of my career the month before. I think that was January. January, February, I had, it was like 2007. Mm-hmm. I had the best month of my career in the five years I was there. Mm-hmm. And I came in and it was like, we are closing our doors. And I was like, and this is terrible, but sometimes when I'm in an awkward position, I'm just like, what the hell just happened? I remember, like, I was on the floor. I fell to the floor and I was laughing, which is not a laughing at, you know what I mean? But I was just like, what what just happened like mm-hmm. this is not real you know what i mean
0: especially um, when you had your best month ever my best month right. ever yeah.
1: and then going yeah. into we're closing our doors and you know that was the subprime days i was a subprime lender all day mm-hmm. um you know i just it was it was we were i remember like these stated income stated as 100% mm-hmm. non-occupied fourplexes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and we just i remember yeah um <laughs> So that kind of got the best of us. I think we were, we owed like fifteen million. So we we just couldn't survive it anymore. And um, yeah, now things went pear-shaped in two
0: thousand seven. And um, you know, I was I had a mortgage company. I had um, the Keller Williams office. I had almost two hundred agents working with me. I was running the single highest expense. Per month that I ever run was like forty five grand a month, which for for most offices is nothing. Yeah. But for us, that was it was a monster. Lot. Yeah. So it was a just monster number, and we had a brand new office. We had just put hundreds of thousands of dollars into the TI, and I mean it was major investment, right? And everything was humming, and we had a waiting list of people for offices. I mean, we had moved into this huge office with all these offices. We had a waiting list for offices. I looked up two months later, and we didn't have anybody in the office but one team. There was one team left in the office. Everybody else had gone. They were all, and it just, yeah. it just like, the, the plug got pulled, period. And in the mortgage side, it was more dramatic than it was even on the real estate side. And I had to make a choice. You know, what was I gonna save? Was I gonna save the mortgage company, or was I gonna save the, 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 the real estate company? And we had more invested in the real estate office than we did in the mortgage company, mm-hmm. so we pulled the plug on the mortgage company, and I went to work trying to save the office, really? which we did. Yeah, we did by the hair of our chinny chin chin, but we did it, um, and made That's it through. That's amazing. We through. to you? Well, we that made it through. You you know, everybody time. else, everybody else, it seemed like yeah. went bankrupt. Yeah. Um, you know, closed their doors, all that kind of thing. Uh, but that was a that was an interesting time, and it was a time that <clears throat> that taught me a lot about. When things go pear-shaped like that, and, and it feels like everything's just insurmountable, what do you do? I literally was just having this conversation with my wife yesterday. We've been married 29 and a half years, we're coming up on 30th wedding anniversary. So she's been through all these trials and tribulations with me, right? And we were having this conversation yesterday about back when all that stuff happened and how we kind of picked ourselves up from, You know, I mean, we were we were on the floor, but we weren't laughing right? I mean, there were people with their foot on our neck, you felt like, you know, Um, but it was one of those things where you just, you just figure it out and you put one foot in front of the other and you just go do it, you know, and um, people call me today and they're like, so what did you do? What did you, how did you, how, right? It's like, I don't know the exact answer. You the, 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 the best thing I can tell you is you put one foot in front of the other and you just focus on what you need to focus on and, and you go for first. it. You just pin your ears back yeah. and you go for it. Yeah. It's all I know how to do. Yeah. You know? So I know how you feel. Yeah. You just, it was hard. It was yeah, definitely hard. It you know, really was.
1: And I was, gosh, I was probably 28. No, 29. No, you know why? I think I was 30. I think I was 30 at that time. So, but it was the first time I'd really experienced anything like that. You know, I, I did really well for four years, and then all of a sudden it. Was, and I did not. I wasn't like a lot of the people that bought boats, you know, did a cash out refi and bought more boats and more cars. You know, I didn't do that. I I did buy a nice car, but I I saved. I think I probably had like sixty grand saved, so not a lot, um, not a lot to get me through. then I didn't know it was gonna be what it was. You know, when when Hamilton. Mortgage closed. I ended up getting another job um, as a wholesale rep for a company called Impact Mortgage. Mm -hmm. They were out of Irvine. I remember them too. And so I worked for them for four months and then I just saw the writing on the wall. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it's just gonna keep going, you know? And um, Jimmy called me and he's like, hey, um, obviously Hamilton Mortgage them. We sold, you know, we sold everything. He's like, "Um, I'm gonna start a retail branch. And he's like, I want you to come work for me. And I was like, I'll follow him anywhere. You know Mm what I mean? so I went to work, but it was just a small, you know, it was like, we had probably 200 employees and we went down to 10, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I shock worked for him. Yeah, yeah, it was a shock to the system. But also too, I, I was a little nervous because yeah, I knew mortgage like the back of my hand. I was this wholesale rep. So I had to know CSFB's guidelines, Deutsche Bank, you know, uh, what was the, it's, you know, remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the big one, A? I can't remember, uh, Aurora, you mm-hmm. remember Aurora Banking mm-hmm. out of Colorado? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I knew all these guys, so I, I was so good at words. I knew guidelines, like better than I knew myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did love it. The only thing that I didn't love is I'm not, like I am today, I'm really good with business to business. Mm-hmm. I'm not good with B2C, yeah. business to consumer. Mm-hmm. And so it was a little hard for me, although I did, you know, Jimmy had built some relationship with Century 21 at the time. So. I would go to the century 21 offices and it was kind of like i was a wholesale rep right because i was making building relationships with the different real, real, realtors at the different offices mm-hmm. in, at, of century 21 um and then they would connect with their clients so it wasn't as much of a hard sale. i'm not good at cold calling i'm mm-hmm. not good that's just not my style so that was a little hard for me but um i did that for gosh like six months maybe and then um my mom passed away mm. suddenly uh December of 07. Was she in Ohio, And yeah. so she was in Mexico. Okay. Um and when I was in college, my parents bought land mm-hmm. um in a little fishing village called Tiacapan. It's mm-hmm. like ninety oh, miles bro, south. Yeah. You have, mm-hmm. It's ninety miles south of Mazatlán. It's a super small town. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they bought like an acre lot on the water for like mm-hmm. 30 grand, yeah. in like, nineteen ninety-eight or something. So in the divorce, my mom uh got the land and so she had built a home out there. Mm-hmm. And um she yeah so she was actually supposed to see her in two weeks it was right around christmas it was december 3rd and we were going to be meeting at my brother's in oregon for christmas all of us um and her friend had gone down to visit her and my mom had had my mom had asthma her Mm -hmm. whole life my mom's mom died when my mom was three Mm -hmm. of an asthma attack you know Mm -hmm. in the 40s um so it was always you know my mom was always she used to have we called it a puffer but Mm -hmm. it was like an inhaler you Mm know um And I didn't know that it was as bad as it was. She never let on to my siblings and I about how bad it was. Um, But she used to have these asthma attacks and she would have steroid shots that her friends Mm. would give her. Um, I did not even, I didn't know that. Mm. And so she had an, she was sick. um, And then on top of that, she had an asthma attack. And um, her friend was down, one someone I I grew up with, one of our, friends, parents that we grew up with, and she was down there visiting my mom. Thank God she was down there with my mom. My mother and my mom would have been by herself, but um, she'd given her a steroid shot, and she didn't come out of it, and she'd given her another one, and she didn't come out. So to be honest, like, we think it was an asthma attack, th- because it came on as an asthma attack, but I don't know if it turned into, like, a massive heart attack. We, we don't know that. It's Mexico, too, yeah. you know? Um, so that changed my life. Damn yeah, it. But- I was 30. and mm-hmm. losing your mom. Yeah. Like, it was hard. And I, you know anyway um and it just you know you just take things sure. for granted thank you um uh, you just take things for, you know you you never think you're gonna lose your parents especially not at 30 you know um so that forever change, you know like up until that point i was a very selfish person i'm a very different person than i am back then you know like i i dove into work work was like everything i eat and breathe work and no i couldn't take vacations i couldn't go see my mom and see the beautiful home she met i didn't go to italy to see my cousin and my best friend get married because It was month end and i had to work you know what i mean like that's so stupid but it it was at the time it was just something that i thought like oh they can't do it without me like okay Mm -hmm. um and so i just put i put work before everything which i'll never do again um and so um that was really hard on me it was really really hard on me and i you know one my job wasn't great you know and i just thought like i miss my my brothers and my sisters and my dad terribly Mm -hmm. I was, you know, they were all in Oregon. I was, I was back in Arizona. And I just, I remember it was my, I think it was my mom's birthday or no, you know what? Was it my mom's birthday? It was my mom's birthday. It was June 15th. And it happened to be Father's Day, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, I had great friends and my friends were so supportive, so supportive. But for whatever reason, I only wanted to talk to or be around people that had lost a parent or like that knew what I was going through, you know? And, um, I was just like, made, made a decision that day. I called my sister. I'm like, I'm, I want to come back to Oregon. Like, I, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was within three weeks, I literally put my house on the market. I had a four bedroom home packed up my home, had a yard sale. My girlfriends came over to help me sell everything. My dad flew down in a big U-Haul and we drove up to Portland. Mm-hmm. My sister was living in Portland. So I wanted to be closer to my sister. Her and I are very close. And I didn't want to be in the town I grew up in because it's just its too small for me, you know. Anyway, right. and then not nothing for me. Um, so literally within three weeks, I literally made the decision. Packed, I didn't sell my house because, granted, it was 2008.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else did either, right? <laughs> like, hello. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: not like it is now. I was like, put your house yeah. in the market and it's gone. I was, 2008 was <laughs> an interesting time. To that, yeah. So, yeah. So my dad flew down. We, me and my two dogs and my dad took the U-Haul. and Actually, it was a Penske truck, I remember. Pulling my car mm-hmm. and um, made it to Portland. And it was hard. I struggled for a long time. You know, the economy was it was a tough time mm-hmm. at that time, you know? And I I remember, I think I was renting my place in Portland and paying my mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I ha- was like, I only have one more month is, mm-hmm. in my account to be able to pay my mortgage in this. And I remember that next day, my realtor called me. And he's like, we have an offer. And I think I ended up making like $3,000 on it, which was good. But th- the year before, had I refinanced it? I have like cash flow like... 200 grand or something, you know, just, it was such a dive and Phoenix took a huge hit just like Vegas and a lot of places. But, um, I went, yeah. So then I was in Portland for three years. I ended up getting a job working for, um, a legal software company. Mm -hmm. They did, um, I love sales, you know, and I couldn't get into mortgages. One didn't really exist at the time. And my book of business was in Phoenix. It wasn't here. So I was like, I'm going to start over. So I ended up getting this job. It was a great job. Um, I met some great people. I got to travel a lot basically our clients were like fortune 500 companies and mm-hmm. we would sell them it was after like the Enron mm-hmm. and Anderson shit that happened yeah. and so we Proper would yeah. And, yeah so we did it was called a legal hole basically and so whenever there was some, some sort of litigation you'd put out a legal hold that would hold people's emails like people couldn't delete that you know mm-hmm. and the, 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 like legal discoveries of mm-hmm. certain things um, so I got to travel a lot it was fun um, Hershey's was one of my big clients oh, yeah. one of my first clients and then Qualcomm was actually That's a That's a good client to have yeah, Hershey's it was. You know? Hershey's, New York Life so I was never being in New York for a couple weeks in the winter like it was a good job it was um, it was a good job. I didn't like it I, the thing I didn't like about it is that it's harder to build relationships and partnerships when you don't see everybody every day like my yeah. clients were in New York or they were in like Virginia or they were in San Diego you know what I mean it's like you can't And it's hard to build a relationship over the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd go out for our installations or I'd go out for our sales pitches and, you know, the legal tech, you know, conference that we'd have twice a year, I would see them at, but it's just not the same. Like, this real estate is belly, you know, this business is belly to belly. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see my clients once a week at Mm -hmm. Caravan or I can take them to coffee Mm -hmm. or we can, I I see, you know, I just see it more, you know, and it's also the sales are more residual. Like, Mm -hmm. you would, we would work nine months to a year and a half on a deal. Mm and then it's done yeah you know and then it could onto be six on to the next, the next yeah. you know Constantly um refilling the totally yeah. totally and um real estate you know it's you build mm-hmm. that relationship and it just it, it flows and i just i love that because well, it flourishes it definitely yeah. flourishes definitely flourishes um and do FaceTime. With you. yeah <laughs> thank you um yeah so uh, qualcomm was actually one of my clients mm-hmm. at the time and i remember coming down i was in between i was had a, a training here, and then I was um, flying to um, John Deere. Mm-hmm. Where are they? They're Quad Cities, yeah, the yeah, Quad Cities. And I remember flying here, and then I was supposed to fly to, to the Quad Cities, and uh, the fog was so bad, it was November, and the fog was so bad here, I couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, an hour later, I'm running on the beach, you know, I was staying with my buddy who lived in PB, and I remember running on the beach, and like it's November and the sun is out, mm-hmm. the fog had gone away, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I, it's time, mm-hmm. my time in Portland's up. I need to move back to San Diego. Um, and it's so funny, like I'm really good at building relationships. I've got great friends, but. Portland was different for me. Like I did have great friends, but a lot of my friends were my sister's friends. Mm-hmm. You know, my sister's very well established there. And they became my good friends too. But like I never really got some good roots there. Mm-hmm. And I think because I I ultimately knew that I was only there for a certain amount of time and then I was to go. It was
0: on the back of your head yeah. you were coming it back. It was back yeah. in,
1: but and I didn't even think like sense. honestly, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna move to Portland and I'm gonna raise a family with my sister and we're gonna have this whole you know, mm-hmm. that's where my life will be. And it just never clicked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I did make some wonderful friends, and I had a great experience, but um, I think some, like, in the back of my head, I always knew it wasn't forever, and like I said, it clicked when I came here in that November, and I'm like, I'm, I just, my sister and I had just moved in together, mm-hmm. we got a beautiful house together, and I was like, I, she's gonna kill me, but uh, I gotta go, mm-hmm. so I came, after that trip, I came home, and I told my sister, I was like, I gotta go, I gotta move in. and she was so happy for me, she was like, I know that's your place, mm-hmm. um, so I ended up um, meeting, I ended up working for another software company, and that they actually brought me down here. So I worked for them when I first got here in 2011. And then um, how I came to foundation is one of my, it's interesting, so when I um, lived in, in Phoenix and I worked for Hamilton Mortgage, I ended mm-hmm. up being promoted to sales manager, mm-hmm. which was the worst thing that ever happened because I'm a terrible manager. I'm the kind of person, like, I like to do my own thing. Like, I will go out and I will be a top producer. And I will bring in my own thing. Mm-hmm. I want to just be responsible for myself. I don't want to mm-hmm. be responsible for other people. Um, and it was hard, you know. There's a lot of lazy people out there too, and so I I have high expectations, and I push that on other people. And everybody else, everybody's got their own journey, you know what I mean? That you can't. People aren't the same, and so I think I struggled with that a little bit. So I find anyway, that hard to yeah. imagine
0: because I would work for you in a New York second. Oh,
1: I, you should reconsider that. No, I'm
0: serious. I so really would.
1: I. I could mentor people, but I don't want to manage somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'll I will pick up the phone if you call and ask me in question. But what I think what happened is I people kept doing that too much, mm-hmm. and I had this like guideline book that I would put together for everybody. You know, and it was before like smartphones or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so it's like I gave them this guidebook. Like don't call me and ask me what FICO score you need for this position. Like it's in the guidebook. I could get yeah. out pull. You know what I mean? Like I'll tell you a couple times, but it's, you know the third time. You got to, you know, you need to know your guidelines. So I just, I was getting frustrated with people and I felt like, and again, people were young, you know, going out. Not that I didn't go out too, but like I went out, but I got up in the morning and went to work. <laughs> it's, you know? It's an
0: interesting, it's an interesting shift when you're in management and it starts to feel like babysitting. Yes. You start to resent yes. and you yes. start to resent the people that yes. you're in business with. Yes. And some of it has to do with work ethic. Some of it has to do with the way they were raised and their background and all that kind of thing. But it also has to do with the industry. You know, I've been doing this now, as you know, for 31-plus years. And I was around before they had FICO scores, believe it or not, right? I'm an old dog, and they should have put me out to pasture a long time ago. (laughs) But I I was here in the business when they came out with FICO scores. And they came out with FICO scores so that they could come out with something called automated underwriting. And I told them when they came out with automated. I told yeah. Fannie Mae this because they call, Fannie Mae called me. I told Fannie Mae this. I said you're going to ruin the, the mortgage industry. And they said what? I said you're going to ruin the mortgage industry because these loan officers that are basically artists right now are going to go away. They're going to. They're not going in, They're not going to embrace this. They're going to go away, and all the loan officers coming up are going to become order takers. They're not gonna study their guidelines, they're not gonna they're gonna put this stuff in yeah. a computer, see if the computer approves it, and then they're gonna move yeah. on. They're gonna become De-approval. clerks. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're gonna become clerks, yeah, right? And anything that has anything remotely close to having to be a manual underwrite, they're gonna run for the hills. They're gonna go on to the next deal. They're gonna write. And I said, You're gonna you're gonna absolutely ruin this industry. And that's I think part of what you part of what you experience is they it's just the new blood that's coming up. Like, I get calls from people that I've worked with in the past that are old dogs like me that were, you know, and they'll call me up and they'll go, it's not like before. It's not like before. I have people call me up and go, Mike, just let me build you a team. Let me build you a team. You can run a team and make all the money you want to make, never have to go out in the field, and I'll, I'll, I'll build the team for you. You just run it, Right? I don't care anything about doing that. Yeah. And part of the reason I don't care anything about it is because there's such a huge difference between what we used to do yeah. and what they do now. It's just it's just this light years. Different. Yeah. And when it's you're different. an operator yeah. like you are, where you go out and you get things done and you make it happen right. and right, there's a real there's a real culture shock there. There really is. Yeah. I can understand how yeah. you yeah. feel. Yeah. I, I really can.
1: Yeah.
0: But I, I'm serious, I would work for you in a New York second. Yeah. I appreciate that. But um, I wouldn't be somebody you'd have to manage. Yeah. You, right? <laughs> that, that's the thing. I probably would okay work for it. That's a little bit. Different, it is different.
1: different. Um, so one of my one of uh, my reps, she was actually more my friend. I mean, mm-hmm. her and I started six months apart at Hamilton Mortgage, and she wasn't the person I had to manage. I mean, she was our top um, rep. She did awesome. Um, but she got an opportunity. She was also lived in San Diego for a while, and she got an opportunity to. Was it? Did she want to work for New Century? I don't remember. Was it New Century? Oh, I remember was New it Century. Somebody, uh, No, was... Anyway, she went to go work for another wholesale lender, and she had an opportunity to move back to San Diego. So she moved back to San Diego. She was my top rep. I kind of went back to being a rep. They brought another sales manager because I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I want to be a rep. I want yeah. to keep my accounts. Like, I had great relationships. Anyway, kind of went back. Well, when I moved back to San Diego, she was still here. Obviously not in the mortgage industry anymore because, you know... Almost none of us you know, Almost none of yeah. us. This was in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um... And her and I connected, reconnected again, and she was selling like Groupon type things. Mm -hmm. And I remember she ended up um, having an interview to work at Foundation Escrow. Mm -hmm. And um, because both of us had wanted to get back in the business, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was like, she had an interview and she was like, will you be a reference for me, for Masood? He's going to call you and ask for a reference. I'm like, absolutely. So Masood called me, did a a reference on Christy. Obviously, I gave her a great reference. She's a great human and an amazing She's an amazing human. And so she gets the job and she's in the job for probably like six months and I was like, I want to get back in the business mm-hmm. you know and she was like, well we don't we're not hiring and she's like maybe talk to title. So I looked up title companies and I ended up um, googling title reps in San Diego and Greg Ives and do you know Greg mm-hmm. Ives yeah. Well, Greg Ives, I've known for years. Mm-hmm. He went to college with my friends in Arizona. Yeah. So I, I, he and I meet for a beer and he's like talking me out of getting into titles. Like you don't want to get into title. And um, I ended up meeting with Brad Hobson. He's another title rep because mm-hmm. he was a manager at the time. And I was like, I want to shadow your reps and see if this is what I want to do. Um, but, and then I wanted to work for Brad, but he was like, tasha i can't hire you you don't have a book of business and you've never done this before you know like do i believe you can do it a hundred percent like you, you, you built yourself yourself and i love you but like i don't think it's the right fit and he couldn't do it and so it was also the
0: market then too so i mean that's, yeah that was but it's also driver. like
1: who like it's hard to get into title without you know like mm-hmm. now that i've been in it a while i've got relationships mm-hmm. but i one, I'd never done it before and two i didn't have my relationships were not here mm-hmm. you know and so anyway i ended up going back to foundation and uh Christy came to me and she's like, Hey, I have an idea. She was getting engaged and going to be moving to Cincinnati. She's like, Hey, how about you be the outside rep? I'll be the inside rep and we'll kind of team it. So we came to Masood because at first he was like, No, you know, he, they, he didn't want to hire another rep. But when we proposed it the way that we did, mm-hmm. we took it to him and he's like, Huh. Like, so she would help me with you know everything that we were doing for our agents and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um, he would, yeah, he's like, Huh, that could work. Mm-hmm. So. She moved to Cincinnati, I took the job here, and I've been here almost 11 years, it'll be 11 years in January. Um, And we were, so then it turns out, so at one point I was her manager, and then now coming here, she was my manager. So she ended up, I was the only rep at the time, you know, her and I, she was more marketing, I was sales. And then we brought in another rep to take over North County. And then we brought another rep for East County. And then we kind of grew. I added someone to my team. And now we think, I think we have like nine sales reps here. So we were all reporting to Chrissy. So I always say, it's just so funny, you know. Um, She was, I was her manager. And then 10 years later, she was my manager. So um, it's been fun. She actually, unfortunately, in January, she she had a baby a couple years ago. And she was like, you know, I think I'm going to take some time off to just be with my daughter. Um, So hopefully she'll come back. Um, well, I know she'll come back. I just, it's a matter of when. But um, she's a very influential person, person in my life. So,
0: it's amazing listening to your life story how many people just continued to be in your life. They come back. Like it's yes, all full circle. It's, it full circle. it's amazing how this works. It's amazing how this works. It's amazing how this works. Your mom was smart.
1: My mom was brilliant.
0: You know, you're this, and I, and I try to, I, I taught this to my kids, but i naturally right. And I tried to make sure that I taught this to our agents that were in our Keller Williams office for 18 years, right? And I try to teach this, when I'm teaching, I try to make sure that people understand. This business is so small. This world is tiny, okay? This business is so small. I am constantly coming up with like, this is, here's a perfect example, right? Um, I went to meet with an investor who's one of the top flippers in San Diego County. I went to meet with him because a friend of mine that I used to work with at another flipping company had gone to work there. And he's like, they need your kind of help. They need, they need you, you know, in acquisitions, da, da, da. So I go to meet with him, I sit down with him, I'm with him for two seconds and he goes, you and I talked in 2008. I don't remember talking to him in 2008. And I said, was I nice to you? He goes, oh yeah, you couldn't have been nicer if you tried. He said, you spent 20 minutes on the phone with me that you did not have. And you answered my questions yeah. and you helped me out when nobody was helping anybody, right? Everybody was chasing their tail. Everybody was, you know. Yeah. And he said, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that's it. That's so crazy. Like, that's awesome. I, and I said, so that's the reason why when I call, you answer my call. He's like, absolutely. He goes, I'll never, never forget, forget it. that. I'll never forget it. It's unbelievable how tiny this, this world is. And then on top of it, how tiny the real estate business is. You know, the mortgage mm-hmm. business and escrow, mm-hmm. and you know. Everybody knows everybody. And you have these these amazing relationships that you've been, and it's because of you, it's because of you. You have these amazing relationships that you've built over the years. Mm-hmm. And you managed somebody who now is your manager. And I mean, it's like, this is just, yeah. you know what I mean, this is this is Natasha 101. It really is, this is just awesome. Okay, so foundation for the last 11 years.
1: Almost 11 years, yeah.
0: Here's a question we always ask everybody. Okay. Who was the most influential person for you growing up? My mom. Hands down.
1: Hands down, my mom. My mom was uh, an amazing, smart, uh, well-rounded, hard-working. My mom was born, my mom was English, British, yeah. so she lived in England. And when she was seventeen, she was like, "I want a better life for myself. I'm I'm moving to America." Her and her friend Carol was her name. They were working at British Airways, like on the phones. There's like pictures of them where they're like headphones on, but then like sticking the thing in mm-hmm. and like make it. You know what I mean? There's like pictures. I have pictures Those of my mom in fashioned? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. And she's working for British Airways. And um, she, her and Carol were like, Carol had a boyfriend. My mom did not. And they were like, let's we're let's move to New York. So my mom was 17 and her and Carol get on the Queen Mary Mm -hmm. and come to New York. Mm -hmm. And she was in New York for probably like a year or so. And then Carol missed her boyfriend Mm -hmm. and moved back to England. I think they ended up getting married or whatever. And my mom stayed in England by, by, I'm sorry, stayed in um, Mm -hmm. New York. And because she worked for British Airways and the airlines, she got to travel. So Mm -hmm. my mother before the age of 21 traveled around the world twice twice before 21 by herself i love it once in each direction she's met ambassadors she's met all kinds of people all kinds of influent, influential people mm-hmm. um, she met like the president of sri lanka or, or, or like i mean my mom and it's so funny like thank god she wrote a, she wrote a letter to my my nieces and nephews mm-hmm. before she passed. And um, it was like telling them her life story. And I'm so grateful for that because mm-hmm. I know my mom told me these things when, when I was younger, but it's mm-hmm. like once she was my mom and you're just like, ah, whatever, you know? Um, well, you're growing but up. You're, you remember some of it. Yeah. Right. You do. Most
0: of it you're thinking about, I gotta go play. I know.
1: You know? I know. I wanna go see hang
0: out with my yeah, friends. There's there's stuff going on. Like, what do you say? There? Yeah. What do you mean you dated Peter
1: Jennings? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, my mom just. Um, yeah, she and she was so smart and such a hard worker. And like the fact that she at 17 and I think that's where I get my like I'll move anywhere, you know? Like I've been everywhere. I you know not everywhere. There's definitely but like I was okay to move to Arizona. I was okay to move to London. I moved to Phoenix. I moved to Portland. Now I'm back here. Like I did these things by myself. I never moved with anybody, you know? And so I think I get that from my mom. Um my work ethic too. I get from my mom too. My mom and my dad. My dad was as a was a very hard worker as mm. well and very driven. Um but my mom was um, such a good person, gave back. Um, just a beautiful would do anything for any. Would do anything? Well, she'd do anything for anybody, but would you her kids were everything. My brother and sister and I were everything to my mom, you know. Um, she loved us so hard. so um,
0: so this is fascinating to me. She's been around the world twice mm-hmm.
1: Once in each direction.
0: And she ends up in Mexico, <laughs> yeah in a house that she built on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How gorgeous is Mexico?
1: So it's gorgeous. But
0: I mean, I'm saying, yes. think about it, right? Oh, yeah. She's been everywhere. Mm-hmm. She could have moved anywhere. And she ends up south of Mazatlan, Yeah. Right?
1: Yep. And she built this beautiful home. And she did it by herself. My mom, she's like, it was such an adventure. She would literally, she bought a fifth wheel in like a big dually truck mm-hmm. and she would drive from Oregon because she'd come up with because it's so hot in Mexico mm-hmm. in the summer. So she'd come up, stay with my brother for a few months, stay with me, for her friends my sister. And she would drive with this dually truck, mm-hmm. towing a fifth wheel mm-hmm. by herself. Like mm-hmm. a couple of times she did it by herself through Mexico, which I mm-hmm. don't recommend, Yeah, you know? But that was my mom, you mm-hmm. know, she just kind of did her own thing. If she wanted to do it, she was going to do it. And nobody was going to tell her no. What a free, yeah, she was. a free spirit. Yeah, she was a free spirit. She was a free spirit and very spiritual. Like, I, I, I think she got more spiritual toward like the end of her life, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm great. Like, just like I've become more when my mom, so I used to be an atheist. I just, I lost a good friend of mine in high school in a car accident. And I was just like, what kind of God is there that would take some, you know what I mean? Like I just didn't, I was younger too, you know what I mean? I just, I didn't, I was like, how could God do that? If there's really a God, how, you know what I mean? And so I just, for a while, I was just like, I didn't really believe in anything. And when my mom died, that's when I was just like, okay, this is, this is, feels different. Like there's, my mom left us poems. Like there's so many um, signs that I got after my mom died that I was like, there is something higher. There is something bigger than me. You know? Um, and like reading through my mom's notes and like my mom was such a writer. She would journal everything. Um, what a gift. Yeah, it was a gift. And I and there's a book now. It's called um, Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe. Mm-hmm. And every time I have someone that passes, I, I give them this book because it's a great book to read and it just makes you feel like yes your loved one's not here you can't physically talk to them and get a response back but they're here Mm -hmm. my mom comes to me in pennies Mm -hmm. you know um and it's often it's crazy some of the weird places i've found pennies when i've I've needed to find a penny you know so anyway but yeah she was i don't know how i got off on that but um she was a very spiritual person and just she always says life is a circle, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you said that earlier, like things just keep coming around. It's mm-hmm. true, you know. Um, and life is good, you know. Live it.
0: So this has been amazing. Aww, this is so so fun. I don't know that I've so ever
1: like sat down with someone and went I, from beginning. To... <laughs> I love this. I love this. So
0: so Foundation Escrow mm-hmm. for eleven years. Almost now, eleven years now. Yeah. Just just off the, si- off the side. Off a side, right? Um, I interviewed Randy Lipsy the other day, and Aww. Randy ran into Masood in, Fran- in Italy. Really? Yeah. I Literally didn't ran know into Masood in Italy. Yeah, oh, that's so funny. No joke. This summer, yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, there a couple right? months ago. Yeah. They ran into each other, and I think it was Italy. So funny. Um, and he's like, I had to come all the way halfway around the world yeah. to get my escrow question answered. That's <laughs> right? so funny. I mean, yeah. That's so, so funny. Anyway, it's a small world, yeah. right? Remember we were talking about how tiny it is? Yeah. Um, so. So, Foundation has grown for 12 years.
1: Almost 11.
0: Almost, or pardon yeah, me, almost yep. 11. Mm-hmm. So, what's happening now? So, what's the latest? What are you working on? Where are you headed? Anything you want to talk about?
1: Um. So, about Foundation, or just about what we got Anything. going on? or So, I've, I, my,
0: my preferred subject is Natasha. Uh,
1: <laughs> you haven't heard enough yet? Yeah. Um, Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> um well to i mean foundation is not this is my life but it's like this is my family we have such like a great culture here um it's a great a very company. thank you. And it's by the way, full disclosure: we're sitting in their conference Yes, we are so yeah, with them, this so. new plant that we yeah, did. with this new plant that we knocked <laughs> over. <laughs> hope you like it because if it wasn't here, it was just going to be a plain white yeah. background. So, so I think yeah. this is good. It's adding some color. Yeah, adding some spice. In
0: particular, we hope Mike is happy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mike, I
0: hope it's not too busy for you.
1: <laughs> There's like this is that thing that. Uh, so Mike Gallipanakis or whatever, he has that thing between two uh-huh. birds or something yeah. like that. And yeah. that's what I, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, we in between two birds yeah, one a, bird? Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, so we're great. you know, has done a great job um, building up the culture. And, you know, we've got a great management team. Um, when I first started the foundation, uh, there were six of us. Mm-hmm. And we were in this tiny office in Mission Valley. And now we have three offices. We're sitting in our headquarters today, mm-hmm. which Masuda actually owns this building and rehabbed it. Uh, we have a beautiful office, and then we've got an uh, office in Car- uh, Rancho Bernardo and in Carlsbad, mm-hmm. and now we have over four, 40 employees, um, and we've we've just grown so organically, and we've created such a great culture with our people, and we are truly family, and we celebrate our wins, mm-hmm. you know, um, but we're also supportive during our challenging mm-hmm. times, um, and as individuals we experience it, as a company we experience it, you know. Um, but we are—we're doing great things, and one of the things that I'm probably the most proud of—a well, couple of things I'm most proud of—and we always say um, we lead with contribution. Mm-hmm. Like you, that's kind of our thing, and uh, I think Wan coined it like a year or so ago, or maybe it was Cindy—I'm not sure—but it's so true because when you lead with contribution mm-hmm. and um, uh, a mindset of helping others, mm-hmm. it just comes back to you. And you don't—you're not doing it for that reason, but it just. The natural flow of, I think, life is that when you leave a contribution and you do things for others, you help people, it just comes back tenfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that feels good. Giving feels good and then receiving feels good, too, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we, from from two different levels, I always say from, uh, from two different levels. One, on like a higher level of giving back, we do... Um, you know a lot of stuff for Radies children's hospital i don't know if you know the story of masood's son Mm-mm. anywhere so in 2008 masood and his wife angelica had a, a a baby boy oliver and he was born at 25 weeks oh, wow. and he had um obviously mm-hmm. had a lot of issues his you know his body wasn't fully developed mm-hmm. i believe he had a whole I think he had a hole in his heart he had a, he had a lot of things mm-hmm. against him and they were you know were rushed to the the radies the Niki at radies where he lived 11 days mm-hmm. And um, that was a really hard time for them, as it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a tough thing to deal with, you know? And so they made it their mission, along with Foundation Esker, as our family, to do whatever we can to raise as much money for the NICU. Because the way Radies treated them when they were going through that with Oliver, they'll never forget it, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's such a hard time to lose your child. like where do you even start, you know? Mm-hmm. And like the it was it was difficult, but the way that Ray treated them. And so we've our first year we did like a wild western theme to raise money. We've done galas, we do karaoke for a cause, which is actually coming up today. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our other big eighties for the babies coming up, mm-hmm. um, October fourteenth at deck six fifty five. So we are we haven't started selling tickets yet, but if you're interested at oh, oh, you absolutely. know what? I think I actually even said mica and you guys the sponsorships, I don't know. No pressure, but if you yeah. if you want to be a sponsor, it's a great thing. But um, and since 2008, we've raised over $300,000 for the NICU unit at Radies. Um, one of the things that I'm most proud of is, well, a couple of things. One, Oliver now has his own room dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things that we've helped with is um, cameras. So I was just talking to somebody last night who her daughter um, had to be in the NICU, or no, her son had to be in the NICU for, I think, like, a week or so he mm-hmm. was born he was born early and her son because she had gone through a c-section she was in one room recovering. he was in another she didn't see her newborn son for three days i am not a mom i don't know that 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 feeling but i cannot imagine what that would be like for a mother so one of the things they've done is we uh we help um purchase cameras mm-hmm. so when you have to be home you can't you can't be in the room with your with your baby like mm-hmm. that so but you can see your child you know mm-hmm. so we um, put camera been able to put cameras fun put cameras in all the rooms so parents can see their kids when they can't physically be there you know um, so it's a, deal,
0: it's, a thank you. Thank you. it's a huge deal it's a
1: huge deal thank you thank you huge deal
0: it's a huge deal I I, have a guest coming on my podcast we're interviewing him tomorrow who lost they lost their first child it was a baby boy um, they went in for their first and I'm just I'm this is yeah. right this is that yeah. God thing okay I was listening to his his uh, book on tape <clears throat> on the way down here, yeah. and <clears throat> they went to their first sonogram. He and his wife, first baby, and it's a baby boy, and they named him Matthew. And the the sonogram tech is moving the the thing around and looking at the thumb monitor, and all of a sudden the state changed and looked like. They'd seen a ghost and it turned out the amniotic the the, the amniotic sac was leaking and that they were leaking amniotic fluid and and they they were gonna have to go deliver the baby at 12 weeks like right now. Wow. And the baby the baby lasted a few minutes and then passed away, right? Um, he literally was telling that story this morning and I was trying to keep it straight, yeah. driving down the road. Um, and my wife has been working on raising money for Rady's Shoulders Hospital for years. Oh, my gosh. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah, a, it's a big deal. It's a big it's deal. A, it's a big deal. And it's interesting,
1: and I will tell you this, like, when we pitch it, or when we're talking about the events, that we were talking about raise. I'll never forget, I was at MBREA and Madison and I had pitched, you know, our gala that we were doing, and um this realtor rest in peace his name Barry Tasha Corian I don't know if he ever he was an agent in La Jolla Um, but he came up to me afterwards and handed me a $500 check and was like this is free for Brady's I love what you guys are doing my two twin girls were in the NICU for I think it was a month or something and I was like oh do you want to be a sponsor and have your name and he's like no 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 this is thank you um he unfortunately he passed away a couple of years ago, but I'll never forget that. And so many people, when I talk about it, mm-hmm. they have a story. Even just the girl last night that I was talking to, she's like, "I'm coming, I'm coming to that." My son was in the NICU for like so many people have babies born that I have to spend time in the NICU, and um, more than you'd like to see, but it's it happens a lot. So, um, and I actually just saw on the news this morning they're they're tearing down one of the buildings and they're building like a, a billion dollar new hospital at Rady's. So they were
0: just breaking ground yesterday. So. Yeah, they do um, it's a amazing organization They do amazing things. Yeah, they do. Um,
1: what you're doing for them is a big deal. Yeah, we're excited. You know, speaking like, as a dad. Speaking as a dad, and I think that like, you know, we look at, of course, losing Oliver was probably one of the most awful things. Is there like I don't hands down, but it's like the ability to make. He's not gone for you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like he's his legacy is living on and helping other kids. And had that not happened, mm-hmm. you know, we it, things would be different. um so again such a tragedy but always turning um turning something tragic into something positive is is a good motto you can you always know. do that if you look hard yeah. enough you if can you fight, look hard it, enough it's, it's hard it's but absolutely true. yeah so anyway so we just create anyway so that's, that's one thing that i'm most know. proud of, about being at foundation so we do that leading with contribution and in that ways and then you know we lead with contribution and helping our agents you know our big thing is like if, we help you grow in your business, that just helps us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where that partnership comes on that I talk about, it's like, it's not just a relationship, it's a partnership, let's we're, let's work together, mm-hmm. let's do this together to be great, um, to help your career, help my career, and let's do it, and so we do a lot of educational things, we help agents with their online profile, like, we just, we do a lot of stuff, chat, we're teaching chat GPT classes, so many people don't know about, I, well, I'm going to get you on that class mm-hmm. next week, um, we're starting a Canva class, you know, we teach Escrow 101, like, we want to lead with education. You can't, you can't be educated enough. You know.
0: You know how I met so. anyone? that
1: name No.
0: So I shared this with her. Um, last year, I was um, at sort of a crossroads professionally, and I had called Randy Lipsey and I said, "Hey, I need to, I need to sit with you. I need to strategize. I need to, I need to have a conversation with you." And. He said, "Hey, I'm going to be at this thing this afternoon in Carlsbad. Don't you still live in Carlsbad?" I said, "No, I've, I've moved to Escondido, but I can be in Carlsbad. Where are you going to be and when?" And he goes, "I'll be at this at this Lone Depot office in Carlsbad." He goes, "In fact, he goes, they have a podcast studio there. That if you want to do a if you want to do a podcast interview, you can do it there. You can use their studio, yeah. right? I'd love for you to meet this guy." Da, da, da. And so. I go over there, and he introduces me to the guy that whose branch it is and all that. Is that right? Nick Dawson? Um, yeah. Great okay. guy, right? Yeah. Um, and he goes, and by the way, we're I met even... Nick
1: Dawson at my sales manager's wedding in Kentucky. There you go.
0: <laughs> if I'm telling you, it's a small <laughs> world, right? I know. So, um, so, Masood's in Italy with Randy, yeah. and with Brian, and him, right? So, um, so he said, he said, hey, yeah, by the way, we're doing a thing with Foundation Escrow's doing a thing on, on social media, and you know, if you want to, if you have time, you should hang around and, 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 you know, watch it, right? So I met with, with Ryan, um, got a chance to meet Nick, all that. Got a chance to meet his wife. His wife was coming by with Swedish meatballs that she'd made at home okay. in a crock pot. And, you know, so I helped her unload and, you know, get set up and stuff. And, um, and I, I sit down and there's other, you know, realtors and people there and some people I know from, from years, you know, for years. And Haywan gets up and starts talking. And I told her this, I said, you know, I've been to a lot of trainees in 31 plus years. And she just completely blew me away, like immediately brought me in and never let me go the entire time. I hung on every word. I mean, I was literally sitting there going, I have got to get together with this girl, right? And she talked about LinkedIn, she talked about, you know, everything, right? And the biggest thing was your Google presence, your yeah. Google identity um, on, on Google. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I mean, you know, right? Yeah. And so I'm I'm just mesmerized, absolutely mesmerized. And she's with this company, Foundation Escrow, who I'd heard of before, but I'd never used you guys. Yeah. I have a, a an escrow officer that I've used for 20-some years, and... That's who I've used, and that's who I've done all a lot of my deals with, and right, different company. And so, you know, she's with Foundation Escrow. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, I made a note. I need to get, I need to get together with her. And this is right before the holidays, right? Okay. I, I need to get together with her. I need to, right? So i i had I had before this training, I had gotten on a plane in Grapevine, in uh, Dallas, Texas, um, and flew back from a. From a real estate event in that was in Grapevine, Texas, and I sat next to a girl who is named Micah Carrico. Yeah, <laughs> heard her. Yeah, and um, I had reached out to her because I had a listing coming up, and I said, "Hey, um, I need a I need an escrow officer. You know, do you have an escrow officer you prefer? Yeah. Right? Because she and I are working together on a bunch of stuff." And she goes, "Rudy, Rudy Rivera. I'll send you his contact information. Send you his contact." Her. She goes, "He's amazing." So I end up using him on my first listing. Mm-hmm. And he/she sends me his contact information and introduces us, right? And Rudy sends me his, and I'm like, he's with Foundation Escrow, that's Haywon's company.
1: That's so funny. Yeah,
0: and that's how I ended up getting engaging Haywon to help me with the Google stuff and all the stuff you guys helped me with. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally how that happened. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, you can't write that script. No. There's no way.
1: That's awesome. But you guys coming from a
0: place of contribution, Mm -hmm. right? is how all this ends up coming together. It's amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. So, I'm super proud of you, and Masood, and all of you, in what you're doing for Rady's Children's Hospital and giving back. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Um,
1: I don't know, I feel like I've talked a lot.
0: Yes, that's the idea. <laughs> this is a special, special uh... company, and you're a special, special person. And I cannot thank you enough for being a part of this.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. I'm so happy for Micah for connecting us. And that whole, I remember being in the car with Haywon actually when you had called. It was like the whole Rudy thing, Micah thing. It was just, it was funny. So it is a full circle. Um, And it's been a pleasure working with you, getting to know you as a friend. Uh, I'm excited about the future, what's going to happen with our partnership and just our friendship. Um, I'm excited. for I know you guys have a lot of cool things going on, so I'm excited to be a part of it. be
0: by your side you're awesome thank you I love you I
1: love
0: you too we hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton experience if you did do us a favor smash that subscribe button tell your friends family and coworkers about our program and wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a rating it helps us to connect with quality people just like you and that's a wrap Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio760.